0: Everybody, you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 120. I want to take a moment right now to thank all of my listeners for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in an Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you might be getting your podcasts. So for this week, it is Sunday. January 10th, 2021, and I am doing the weekly roundup from the big four news and rumor sites of Canon Rumors, Nikon Rumors, Fuji Rumors, and Sony Alpha Rumors, so let's see what we have in store for us this week. Let's do this! All right, first up, Canon cameras that I'm told are coming in 2021. The rumor mill has been quiet for a little while now, well, until yesterday. A good source has laid out the camera body plans for Canon in 2021. First up is the high-resolution RF body. This has been long rumored. We're talking about it even before the EOS R5 hit the scene. Canon will release an RF mount body with at least twice the megapixels of the R5. I was told that the new sensor will utilize new technologies for Canon. Next, an APS-C RF body. This is another long-rumored camera, and news of it has picked up steam over the last couple of months. The source claims that the new APS-C RF mount camera will be directly aimed at sports, wildlife, and videography, and a pair of new entry-level RF full-frame bodies. I've been told that the plan from Canon was to release two cameras simultaneously to replace, replace the EOS R and RP in the RF mount lineup. The first body would be the most affordable full-frame camera Canon has ever made, so it sounds like it'll come in under what the EOS RP launched at. The second camera will slot in between the RP replacement and the R6. While pricing is obviously not known yet, I could see these bodies priced at around $899 and $1499 respectively. The timeline for an announcement is unknown. The source did say that these cameras could be delayed due to continued manufacturing challenges in Japan. The EOS R1 flagship. The camera everyone is waiting for will show its face in 2021. Whether or not you'll be able to actually buy one this year is not known. I've been told by the same source that the EOS R1 will be shown off ahead of the Tokyo Olympics this summer. A Canon Cinema EOS C50. Canon will likely announce the C50 in the first half of 2021. It was apparently scheduled to be released in late 2020, but that obviously didn't happen. The rumors point to the the EOS C50 being a box camera design. The Canon uh, Cinema EOS C90, while I have reported on this body in the past, however, the source doesn't have any specific knowledge about this camera. The Canon 8K Cinema EOS Camera Canon recently teased a new 8K camera, so an announcement can be expected soon. There have been some rumors of two 8K cameras coming in 2021, but that, as of yet, has not been confirmed. Eight new cameras in a single calendar year does seem like a lot, especially with the current manufacturing issues hampering the industry. If I had to guess, a few of these cameras will fall into next year, but we could see announcements in 2021, and keep tracking this article as there will be more to come now these are some items i've talked about before in past episodes uh the high resolution body in my opinion that's definitely going to happen and i have a feeling canon's going to probably announce that body in the first part of 2021 so i'm thinking before the end of quarter one 2021 the rf i mean the r5s as i've been calling it will be released The APS-C RF body is definitely coming. That's going to be the R7. And a new pair of entry-level RF full-frame cameras to replace the R and RP. I could see that happening as well. Now, I could be wrong. Um, Like the uh, owner of Canon Rumor says, with the manufacturing challenges, it might be really impossible for Canon to release eight cameras this year. But it will be interesting to see if they can pull it off. Now, to be honest, I'm probably not going to be interested in either one of the two uh, entry-level full-frame bodies. I've already got my sights set on the R6. That's the next camera I'm planning to buy to go along with my R and RP. Now, once I do get the R6, there's probably a chance I'll sell off either the RP, probably the RP if I get rid of one of them, and I'll keep the R Uh, right now i use the rp for my real estate work i could shift back to using the r for my real estate work which is what i did before i got the rp and then the uh, r6 would be used for other things so we'll have to wait and see how all of this fleshes out in 2021 next up refurbished canon eos 90d camera bodies appear for the first time For the DSLR lovers out there, refurbished Canon 90D bodies are now available at the Canon USA store for $1,079 down from the normal $1,199. Key features, fast continuous shooting, capture the action at up to 10 frames per second, a 32.5 megapixel APS-C CMOS sensor for exquisite detail, intelligent optical viewfinder comfortable to use even over long periods, 45 cross-type AF points with multi-controller, focus quickly and accurately, even in low light. ITR focus tracking, keep even fast-moving subjects in focus. 4K filmmaking and dual-pixel CMOS AF, superb quality video and audio. Maximum ISO of 25,600, shoot handheld in low light. And it does come equipped with both Wi Fi and Bluetooth for picture sharing and remote camera control. You can pick one of these refurbished models up at the Canon USA store. And of course, I'll include a link to all the articles in today's episode in the show notes. One reminder like I've told my listeners before, if you're gonna jump on one of these refurbished bodies at the Canon USA online store, do it quickly because they tend to sell out extremely fast. So you're gonna wanna pull the trigger as quick as possible or you're going to miss the boat. Next up, pre-order Flashpoint Explorer 100 Pro TTL R2 battery-powered monolite, also known as the Godox AD100 Pro. You can now pre-order the Adorama-exclusive new monolite, the Flashpoint Explorer 100 Pro TTL R2 battery-powered monolite, which is available for only $299 key features a mini monolite a tad larger than a soda can and no calories uh featherweight 50 or 18.5 ounces of portable champ power complete wireless r2 radio performance response a great way to start an r2 flash family on a budget 100 watt seconds of the most well thought out design ready for shoot after our for shot after shot with 0.01 f 1.5 second recycle time reliable and brilliant flashpoint r2 2.4 gigahertz radio system auto sensing radio slave modes for canon sony nikon fuji pentax panasonic and olympus now this definitely does sound like an exciting new monolight. i had been kicking around the idea of going to godox MonoLights myself um, i have the paul c buff dgb d800s and i really love those and as I've mentioned in previous episodes, I do have the portable battery pack shoulder bags that can power my mono lights in the field, but that thing's extremely heavy. Um, so I've been kicking around the idea of selling the Pulsy Buff Digibees and going with the Godox, uh mono lights, which have uh, good-sized lithium-ion rechargeable batteries built in, uh, or that are—I think they're removable, actually. But uh, I've been thinking about going that route. I've been. A little bit on the fence on it because I bought two of the V860 Mark threes for Canon and I had issues with both of the first ones that I got. Now, the first replacement one I got seems to be okay so far. I haven't played around with the second replacement, uh, replacement one quite so much, but uh, yeah, I didn't have a very good experience at first with Godox uh, Speedlights anyway, so I've been a little bit uh, on the fence about whether or not I'm going to make the switch. Next up, industry news, Fujifilm to launch the GFX100S this month. It looks like Fujifilm is ready to update their medium format GFX lineup. It looks like the uh, 102 megapixel back uh, side illuminated image sensor and aggressive price launch of $6,000. Rumored Fujifilm GFX100S specifications, 102 megapixel, 43.8 by 32.9 millimeter, medium format bsi cmos sensor a slightly smaller body compared to the fujifilm gfx 100 phase detection ibis 5 axis sensor shift image stabilization priced at six thousand dollars to be announced at the end of this month fujifilm is also planning a new gf lens according to photo rumors in the form of a gf 80 millimeter f 1.7 wr now this is some exciting news as my listeners know I acquired the GFX 50R about a year, a little over a year ago, and I've been extremely happy with the camera other than the fact, and I've mentioned this before, Fuji pisses me off with the fact that they will not put GPS in any of their cameras. Now, that's fine. If you don't want to put a GPS chip in your camera, at least put the damn software stack in so I can use an external GPS unit that's mounted in the hot shoe like Canon and everybody else does. I have no idea why Fuji can't get that through their heads, but they seem to be dumber than a box of rocks when it comes to GPS and geotagging on their cameras. Now, I would have loved to have had the GFX100. Now, I'm kind of glad I didn't wait and pull the trigger on dropping $10,000 on the GFX100, especially if the new GFX100S is going to debut at $6,000. That's a $4,000 price drop over the previous model now another thing i will be covering this week on this camera when i get to the fuji rumors portion is the fact that this camera is not only going to be smaller than the first gfx 100 rumors are it's going to be slightly smaller than the gfx 50s but we'll talk about that more when i get to the fuji rumors for this week Next up, Nisi to announce the RF 15mm F4 on January 8th, 2021. Now, I do want to let you know they did announce this lens on January 8th, so it is officially released. Nisi is getting into the RF mount lens game with their first lens for Canon in the form of an RF 15mm F4. The new lens will be officially announced on January 8th, 2021, which it was, and will cost $539 US. 419 in euros, uh, 459 at launch in euros. Uh, I'm sorry, 419 in francs, uh, 459 in euros. The Nisi 15mm F4 specifications. Focal length, and this is full frame, 15 millimeters. Focal length on an APS-C body, 22 millimeters. Lens mount. This lens will be available in Sony E-mount, Canon RF, Nikon Z, and Fujifilm X mount format compatibility, full-frame, aperture range, F4 to F22, focus type is manual focus, lens elements, 12 elements in 10 groups, the filter thread is 72 millimeters, minimum focus distance is 0.2 meters, maximum magnification is 0.13 times, angle of view 112 degrees on full-frame on APS-C 78 degrees, diaphragm blades there are 10 weight is 470 grams and the dimensions are 75.6 millimeters by 80.5 millimeters now this is definitely an exciting lens it is a manual only lens but it looks like it's going to be a very popular lens this is another third-party manufacturer now Nisi has been known primarily for their lens filter systems so it's kind of unusual to me a little bit that they decide to start manufacturing lenses but hey if we can get more third-party lenses for the rf and the z mount that's better for everybody right uh, right now the only full-frame lenses i have third-party for rf mount or are from rokinon uh, they were the first manufacturer to come out with native rf mount lenses In the manual world, and then they later uh, released autofocus models of the lenses, I've since upgraded to the autofocus version of their 14mm 2.8, which I use every day for real estate. I have not yet uh, swapped out my 85mm manual F1.4 for the uh, uh, autofocus model. Because I'm still trying to decide if I want to go that route or if I'm going to spend a little bit less money and just get the Canon RF 85 millimeter macro lens that's f/2 um, as a portrait lens. I don't shoot a lot of portraits, uh, but it is nice to have the 85 millimeter focal length for when I do want to shoot portraits. Uh, I can always do it with my 50 millimeter 1.2 L, uh, but I'm still on, so I'm still on the fence on what I'm going to do as far as an 85 millimeter lens. Now the manual. Uh, Rokinon f1.4 that I have now does work really well it is a great lens it makes fantastic images Um, so that's why I'm kind of on the fence whether or not I'm going to pull the trigger on something else or not for now I'm just going to wait and last up from Canon rumors for this week uh, Siru launched 24 millimeter f2.8 1.33x anamorphic lens for crop sensor mounts including the Canon EOS M mount. All right, so this comes from New York, January 4th, 2021, via Newswire. Suru has today announced a uh, introduced a groundbreaking new 24-millimeter F2.8 1.33X lens that redefines what is possible from a wide-angle anamorphic optic. It features the beautiful stretched oval bokeh and streaked lens flare that Suru's affordable anamorphic lenses have become known for combined with a new wider field of view. Options for affordable wide anamorphic shooting have been very limited until now. Traditional wide-angle anamorphic cinema lenses have cost tens of thousands of dollars, while DIY anamorphic adapters based on optic designs for projection don't cover wide angles. In addition, most of these solutions have limited close focus. The 0-24mm f2.8 is designed from the ground up to address these needs. The lens features a 1.33x squeeze factor and has an imaging circle that covers APS-C size sensors. It is available in native mounts for Micro Four Thirds, Sony E, Canon EF-M, Nikon Z, and Fujifilm X cameras, and is sturdily built with an all-metal body front filter size is 77 millimeters and the lens barrel is non-rotating which allows for easy use of variable nd and other filters with persistent efforts the serial r d team resolved key technical problems to deliver a previously impossible 0.6 meter minimum focusing distance all without the need for additional diopters the fast f 2.8 aperture of the lens allows foreground objects to stand out against smoothly blurred backgrounds and night scenes to be perfectly captured combining the fast aperture with the 0.6 meter close focus also makes it interesting for close-up options the new 24 millimeter joins the company's existing 50 millimeter and 35 millimeter 1.33 anamorphic lenses to form a set of lenses that share common aesthetics and handling cinematographers can now use the lens trio to tell complete cinematic stories with Zero Signature Look, switching freely between scenes while maintaining common background rendering. Zero lenses truly enhance the artistic appeal of your footage and immerse your audience in an anamorphic world. Specifications Model Zero 24mm f2.8 anamorphic 1.33x, focal length 24mm, maximum aperture f2.8, minimum aperture f16. Lens structure, 13 elements in 10 groups with eight aperture blades. Maximum support frame, APS-C shooting distance of 0.6 meters to infinity. Focus method is manual focus. Maximum magnification, 1 to 21.99V, 1 to to 29.07H, filter spec M72 by 075 Rotation angle of the focus ring, 189.6 degrees. Max diameter, 74 millimeters or 2.91 inches. The diameter of the focus ring is 64.6 millimeters or 2.54 inches. Weight uh, in the Micro Four Thirds mount is 770 grams. In the E mount, it's 780. X mount, 780. EOS, uh, EOS M mount, 780. And Z mount, 810. Total length lens cap mount included, uh, micro four-thirds mount is 124.9 millimeters, E-mount 126.1 millimeters, X-mount 126.4 millimeters, EOS M-mount 126.1, and Z-mount 128.1. Pricing and availability, the Siru 24mm f2.8 anamorphic lens is available for super early bird price on Indiegogo crowdfunding project at, at $749 US. Early bird orders are estimated to be shipped by the end of January. And that is going to wrap up our Canon rumors for this week. Now we're going to get ready to switch gears and move on over to Nikon rumors. But first, let's take a brief break. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Liam Photography Podcast. You can visit the homepage for the show at liamphotographypodcast.com for show notes and links. You can call or text the show at 470-294-8191 with questions, comments, or requests for future episodes. If you prefer not to call or text, you can email the show at liam at com. Also check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group and you can find us on Twitter at LiamPhotoATL. On Twitter you can tweet the show just insert the hashtag LiamPhotoPodcast. And now back to the show. And we're back. So first up from Nikon rumors for this week, the Nikon rebates in Germany are expiring this weekend. Uh, let's see the, uh, they expire on today, January 10th, 10th uh, 2021 at Calamut D, uh, Calumet photo Earnhardt Amazon D E the Nikon us rebates for 2021 can be found in a separate article. And of course, as I mentioned earlier in the show, all of these links will be included in the show notes so that my listeners can check them out for themselves. Next up, Capture One will add support for the Nikon Z62 and Z72 cameras by the end of the month. Uh, let's see here. Quote from Capture One, we have been receiving many requests for support for the Nikon Z62 and Z72, so we're letting you know ahead of time that we will now be adding support for these cameras. It will be included in the you know, upcoming Capture One 21 service update to be released by the end of January, which will include various new supported cameras and bug fixes. Reminder, Capture One will increase their prices on January 11th. You have three more days to get their old pricing. Now, that was as of this article. As of today, you only have one more day to still get this discounted pricing. The price increase will also impact the Capture One version that's only for Nikon. For a complete list of all products and licensing options, you can visit Capture One, uh, the Capture One website. And as I mentioned before, a link to this article will be in the show notes, so you can check it out for yourself. Next up, Nikon will no longer provide international warranty. Three weeks ago, I already reported that Nikon is ending their international service warranty. The news is now also official in English. Notice regarding transition from international warranties for interchangeable lenses and accessories. Thank you for choosing Nikon for your photographic needs. Nikon will no longer provide international warranty for Nikkor interchangeable lenses, F-mount and Z-mount lenses, mount adapters, etc., and accessories for speed lights and things like that, but will provide instead local warranty specific to the country or origin of sale or shipping destination. Until now, Nikon has attached its international warranty to interchangeable lenses and certain accessories. However, with the differences in regional laws and safety standards, it has become quite difficult to maintain a single international warranty that is effective around the world. We have considered a variety of options, but ultimately decided to begin the gradual transition from international warranties to regional warranties for interchangeable lenses and accessories starting in January of 2021. If a product is purchased with an international warranty, that international warranty will remain valid for its full term, regardless of the date of purchase. If the product is purchased with a regional warranty, that warranty will remain valid for its full term. However, if any repairs are performed on that product in a country or region not covered by the warranty, the user is responsible for all repair fees, even if the warranty is still valid. In addition, some countries and regions may be unable to accept products sold in other countries or regions for repair. Please consult with the repair center or a retailer or distributor in applicable country or region. And that is coming directly from Nikon. So it is interesting that Nikon is doing away with their international warranties. I can understand uh, their reason for doing that. It is extremely difficult to. Make sure that you're compliant with all applicable, you know, local and regional laws and uh, covering customers with an international blank warranty. So it probably is much smarter for them to go to a more local and regional warranty system. We'll see how it pans out. It may end up being a nightmare, but we'll see. Next up, Capture One price increase coming next week. You can still purchase at the old price. Now, I did mention this a moment ago. Capture One will increase their prices on January 11th, 2021. Uh, Quote, at Capture One, we're dedicated to shaping the future of photography. After reviewing our products and plans for uh, for future innovation, we'll soon be updating the price for select products. For example, we'll be updating the price for Capture One for Fujifilm, Capture One for Sony, and Capture One for Nikon to bring them in line with Capture One Pro. This is to better reflect that these products equally offer the same set of professional tools and features. We'll also increase activations for two per license for those products. The price updates will take effect January 11th, 2021. Existing subscription plans will not be affected by these changes. New customers and customers seeking to upgrade their license can still purchase their preferred product or upgrade at the 2020 price if they do so before January 11th. The price increase will impact Capture One for Nikon, the Capture One Nikon Perpetual version from $129 to $149, and the Nikon monthly subscription from $999 to $19. Here are the new prices that'll kick in on January 11th. Let's see, Capture One, Fuji, Nikon, and Sony, Perpetual license $199, in Euro, that's U.S. in Euros, 229 in in uh, Great British Pounds, 199 Perpetual upgrade from version 20, US 149, in Europe 169, and GBP 149. Perpetual upgrade from older versions, same prices. Annual prepaid subscription, same prices. Month to month subscription, US $19, euros 23, GBP 19. Annual monthly subscription, US $14, $18 in euros, and 14 in GBP. The Capture One Pro perpetual upgrade from version 20 it will be 199 US, 209 euros, and GBP of 199. Um, And the 30-day fully featured free trial of Capture One Pro 21 is available for download from their site, as well as some Capture One learning videos that can be found there as well. Next up, November SEPA numbers are out. Sipa, or Camera and Imaging Products Association in Japan, published their camera production data for November 2020. The orange line is 2020, black is 2019, blue is 2018. And you can click on the charts to get a larger view of the graphs and to see how things performed. November 2020 SIPA numbers, DSLR units dropped by almost 60,000 units and mirrorless units dropped by almost 39,000 units as compared to October, making units shipped in November the second best month of the year. Cumulative mirrorless shipped value is now 246% of DSLR shipped value. At current pace, total ILC or interchangeable lens camera bodies in 2020 will be about 5.2 million units. It was 8.46 million in 2019 and 10.76 million in 2018, 11.68 million in 2017. Year to date, all comparisons are January to November of 2019. DSLR units 2.179 million down 48%. DSLR ship value, 88 billion yen, down 46%. Mirrorless units, 2.6 million, down 28%. Mirrorless ship value, 216.6 billion yen, down 17%. Compact units, 3.25 million, down 49%. Compact ship value, 69.7 billion yen, or down 43%. Lenses for smaller than 35 millimeter units, 4.9 million, down 43%. Lenses for smaller than 35mm ship value, 69.2 billion yen, down 42%. Lenses for 35mm and larger units, 3.26 million, or down 28%. Lenses for 35mm and larger ship value, 159 billion yen, down 28%. Mirrorless unit share of Mirrorless Plus DSLR, 54.5%, was 46.3%. Mirrorless ship value share, 71.1%, was 61.5 in 2019. The ratio of lenses shipped to bodies shipped is 1.71 for January to November of 2020. It was 1.69 for 2019. And the list of participating SIPA companies can be found at the link in the article. Last up from Nikon rumors for this week, Nikon US rebates for January 2021. All Nikkor lens only rebates are now gone. For January, we only have rebates for the D750, the D7500, the Z50, the Z6, and the Z7 cameras. Here is the full list of currently discounted Nikon products. The Nikon MB-D6 multi battery pack is currently $136.95, down $200. The Nikon D750 body only is $1496, down $200. The Nikon D7500 plus 18 to 140 lens is down to $1399. The Nikon D750 accessory kit is down to fourteen ninety six ninety five. dollars the Nikon D750 basic kit is $1593.50. All of these are $200 off so far. The Nikon D750 with pro mounting kit or monitoring kit, I'm sorry, is $1875.85. Now the Nikon Z50 plus the 16 to 50 and the 50 to 250 is 1196 dollars which is down $150. The Nikon Z50 plus the 16 to 50 and the 50 to 250 deluxe kit is 1295.94 down $150. The Nikon Z6 body only is 1596.95 down $400. The Nikon Z6 plus the 24 to 70 is 2196.95 also down $400. The Nikon Z6 plus 24 to 70 plus accessory kit is 2196.95 down $400. So you might as well pick up that one cuz you get the accessory kit included for the same price as the previous bundle. The Nikon Z6 plus the 24 70 lens deluxe kit is 2374, down $400. The Nikon Z6 body cin- cinema kit is 254564, down $400. The Nikon uh, body deluxe kit is 170495, down $400. The Nikon Z7 body only is twenty four ninety six ninety five, dollars down $300. If you get the Z7 with the 24-70, it's $3,096.95, also down $300. The Z7 with the 24-70 and lens accessory kit is $3,096.95. The Z7 with the 24-70 lens deluxe kit is $3,304.95. The Z7 accessory kit is twenty four ninety six ninety five. dollars The Z7 Pro monitoring kit is twenty eight seventy five eighty five, dollars And the Nikon Z7 deluxe kit is $26- uh, $26- $2648.95. I apologize. All of these uh, last Z7 prices are all $300 off. And that will wrap up Nikon rumors for this week. First up from Fuji Rumors for this week, which Fujifilm camera do you hope to get in 2021? Recently, we checked out how many cameras Fujifilm usually releases in the last few years, and we saw that in the last three years, Fujifilm released three cameras. So assuming that Fujifilm keeps the same pace, can we hope or we can hope to get three cameras also in 2021? But obviously, this is just a reference. There could be even more or even less than that. So, let's go crazy with our wishes and make a list of our top dream cameras in the comments. Everything goes, everything is allowed, all your secret wishes, your forbidden dreams, your biggest desires, as long as you are also willing to pay for them. P.S., yes, we rumored the Fujifilm GFX100S and the XE4 already. Both will be announced on January 27th, along with so much other stuff. But until now, they are just rumors that have been exclusively shared on Fuji Rumors. Um, So we'll have to wait and see if more things are going to get announced on January 27th. Go ahead and participate in this post if you want to give your secret Fujifilm wishes and desires for 2021. Next up, leaked the first image of Laowa 33mm f0.95 for Fujifilm X in the Laowa lens roadmap. Here are the first images of the upcoming Laowa 35mm f0.95 lens by Venus Optics. The lens uh, in Fujifilm X mount will be coming soon at the Venus Optics store, B&H Photo, Amazon US, and Adorama. Next up, breaking Fujinon XF27 F2.8 MK2 will be weather sealed and have an aperture ring. We already told you back in July 2020 that Fujifilm will launch the Fujinon XF27mm F2.8 MK2. Recently, we also told you that this lens, among lots of other stuff, will be announced on January 27th, and today we have more. The Fujifilm XF27 will have weather sealing and an aperture ring. I'll buy it, and I won't tell my wife about it. I'll just sell my old 27mm first, and she hopefully won't notice that the new one has an aperture ring. Smart, huh? And if she ever asks, you guys nicely back me up and say in the comments, the XF27 always had an aperture ring. (laughs) That's kind of funny. Oh, goodness. Anything to avoid getting in trouble with the misses. Next up, breaking Fujifilm GFX 100S with three-way tilt screen and not a fully articulating screen. I don't know why, but this morning my inbox was bombarded by people asking me the same question. Will the Fujifilm GFX 100S really have a fully articulating screen? So let me address this now. No, no it won't. The Fujifilm GFX 100S will have a three-way tilt screen like the one on the Fujifilm X-T3. Some vloggers will still complain uh, in their first looks on January 27th that they can't shoot medium format handheld selfie videos, but I guess most of the other medium format shooters will be just fine with this solution. Um, me personally it wouldn't break my heart uh the medium format cameras are not meant to be selfie or vlogging cameras so they don't really need to have a fully articulating screen my gfx 50r doesn't have a fully articulating screen and it doesn't bother me in the slightest next up breaking Fujifilm gfx 100s the gf 80 millimeter 1.7 x e4 x f 27 mark 2 x f 70 to 300 4256 new film simulations all coming january 27th yes i know a mysterious ff 200 003 camera registration has been spotted and is said to be announced on january 29th but trust me nothing will happen on january 29th what you What you want to do is tune in on January 27th because that's when Fujifilm will have a huge announcement day. And don't expect just one camera to be announced. In fact, I hear we could get all of this on a single day the Fujifilm GFX 100S, the Fujinon GF80mm 1.7, the Fujifilm XE4, the Fujinon XF27 Mark II the Fujinon 70-300, and new Fuji, Fujifilm film simulations. I will continue to check the list and will let you know in case there is something to add or remove to it. Until then, take that as the official Fuji Rumors announcement list. Anyone out there who had a New Year's resolution to resist better to gear acquisition syndrome in 2021, well, on January 27th, you will be seriously tested. As always, if you, if you liked months of breaking and exclusive rumors, then feel free to join us here on Fuji Rumors on January 27th for an epic live blogging event. And last up, for Fuji Rumors for this week, breaking the Fujifilm GFX 100S will be a bit smaller than the GFX 50S. We told you back in early December that the upcoming Fujifilm GFX 100S will be about as big as the GFX 50S. Well, according to information I have received from trusted sources, the 100S will be actually a bit smaller than the 50S. So let's sum it up. The Fujifilm GFX 100S, 102 megapixel medium format, bear sensor, backside illuminated with full phase detection pixel coverage, in-body image stabilization, a bit smaller than the GFX 50S, coming in early 2021, priced at $6,000. Sounds too good to be true, but it is true. Just back in 2019, IBIS was the single most important reason why Fujifilm had to make the Fujifilm GFX100 so big. Now, Fujifilm was able to miniaturize the mechanism to a point that they can fit it into a much smaller body. That thing looks better and better the more we find out about it. And I do agree. Like I said earlier, I'm glad I did not pull the trigger on the GFX100 even though it's a fantastic camera. I'm much more interested in the 100S in the smaller form factor with the same 102 megapixel sensor. So this has definitely got me excited and the drop in price of $4,000 is even more to get excited about. And now last up for this week, let's move on to Sony Alpha rumors. Now, first, I want to let my listeners know anything from Sony Alpha rumors. Please take with a grain of salt, and I'm not saying that to be mean, but Sony Alpha rumors does not have the best track record with their rumors. According to Jared Polin over Fronos Photo, they only have between a one and five percent accuracy hit rate, where the other three rumor sites, it's more like eighty-five to ninety-five percent accurate. Uh, rumors and predictions hit rate so apparently the other three sites have more reliable sources than sony alpha rumors but first up ends in 24 hours 100 dollars off on the sigma mc11 this will end in 24 hours the rebate on the mc11 canon ef to sony e-mount adapter with autofocus can be purchased at amazon focus camera adorama and bnh photo for 149 dollars Next up, just announced the Venus Optics launched the new Argus 35mm and 45mm f0.95 FE lenses. Venus Optics announced the first two lenses from the new super fast Argus line. Here you see the new 35 and 45 lenses. The lenses will be available in quarter two or quarter three, and pre orders should open soon on venuslens.net if you want to get it over there and get your pre orders in. So as soon as possible. Next up, Sony says it's difficult to equip cameras with built-in mechanical ND with IBIS. Cindy tested the FX6. They also talked with Sony, and they said that it's difficult quote to equip cameras with built-in mechanical ND and with IBIS. Um, there is an accompanying video from Sony on this information. And, of course, it'll be included in the show notes. so You can check it out for yourself. And last up from Sony Rumors and last story for the week, the A7R5 safe predictions by Simorg, uh, DP review member Simorg made what I consider to be an accurate uh I have no idea. <laughs> the wording is really bad at the top of this article on how the a seven R five could be the Sony a seven R five, AKA nail in the coffin of Canon quote, seeing many uh, YouTube influencers. I agree. They're not all real working pros talk about how they are considering switching from Canon to Sony after using the a 7s three. I can see Sony going after the jugular of Canon and make a Canon, uh, 5 r without overheating. It's supposed to be R5. Man, they're terrible in these art- in this article. It's safe to say it'll take Canon two years to redesign their body to deal with the heat issue. Canon's best bet is to take the R5 and put it inside their cinema camera with ample fan and cooling and call it a cinema r500 or keep the ef mount and call it the eos c400 and offer it at a reasonable price to keep their base from jumping ship to sony they still have the dual gain system in their new c500 that is designed close to close the gap with alexa so they can differentiate pricing and products but at the same time save base a bit with their 8k pr nightmare 61 megapixel sensor same as the a7r4 we have seen sony alternate between image sensor updates and processing updates with an a7r4 we saw a new sensor with the r5 we'll get a new processor the bionez xr same processors as the a7s3 this update cycle of the a7rx is with the image processor. Sony's new image processor is designed to handle high-volume data processing, 4K at 120p, and probably room for more. It's safe to assume outside of the upcoming A5, A6, which probably will be cr- uh, crippled A7 III, Sony's answer to Nikon Z5, the future full-frame Sony system will use the new Bionz XR. 8K video at 30 frames per second. It's safe to assume if the new processor can churn through 120p, uh, 4K, it can handle 8K at 30p. We also know the A7R4 sensor is probably able to have a readout of 130, if not more. The new CF Express can handle that kind of bandwidth, taking uh, 4K 30 all i H264 at 300 megabits a second. We can assume a 1200 megabits per second for 8 a or all dash i. Remember, the new Sony tough cards are claiming 5600 megabits uh so potentially they could even handle 8k at 120 one day sony has figured out how to dissipate heat and will basically release a competitive halo product to canon's r5 without the heating pr nightmare Um, now one thing i do want to include on this and i'm not going to read all the rest of the bits in this you can read it for yourself in the show notes the canon r5 overheating was completely fake it, the camera did not actually overheat that was verified by multiple sources and again this is where sony alpha rumors gets knocked for being wrong on their information so much the overquote overheating issue in the r5 was actually a firmware limitation it was basically a timer in the firmware that only allowed you to record 8k for a certain amount of time and then it would shut it down and it was to prevent the possibility of overheating, but it was tested extensively. The camera was taken apart by people who verified with various laser heat tools, measuring tools and stuff like that, that the camera never actually increased in price and canon did resolve the issue by releasing a firmware update that allows longer 8k recording time so knock on sony alpha rumors for being wrong about that information they should know better by now because that story's been on the internet for what uh most of a year now that the that the overheating was completely fake and it was actually a firmware timer that was crippling the camera but i digress Remember to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group, and you must answer a security question to join, which is named the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I have also opened it up to allow you to give the names of a previous guest on the show. Uh, which will also get you in and prove that you're a listener once you are in the group you are free to post your own original work to the group if you would like creative critique of your images you can post them with the comment cc please and myself or another pro in the group would be happy to give you some pointers now I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook if you own or plan to own the GFX 50R you can request to join that group but you do have to answer two security questions the questions are do you own or plan to own a GFX 50R and what style of photography do you shoot primarily you can find my work at www.leamphotography.net and follow me on Instagram Facebook and twitter at liam photo if you like abandoned buildings and history you can find my project at www.forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com and the first book in the series the northwest counties is now available All right, and that is going to wrap up this episode of the Liam Photography Podcast, episode 120. I did want to remind you, as mentioned in the plugs at the end of the show, the first book, The Northwest Counties, is available on my online store at liamphotography.net. You can get a signed copy there, signed by me, and shipped directly to you. Or if you want to save $5, you can buy it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble uh, and get an unsigned copy. Also, I did start over the holidays, as I mentioned in my last episode the forgotten pieces of pennsylvania project if you want to check out the youtube channel and website for that project i'll include links to those as well as the channel and website for the forgotten pieces of georgia in the show notes for this episode i want to thank you all again for listening and i will see you all again in another seven days